welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. Your Cancer Guy. And today we are focusing on nutrition. Now, nutrition is a huge part of just life, right? We eat to en- for enjoyment. Um, sometimes we eat when it comes to uh, if we're dieting if we want to transform ourselves, right? If we want to lose weight. So food always plays a role, but you always find people in the kitchen and and discussing, you know, topics over food, right? And so how do we implement, or I should say, how, how important is it that we utilize food when we're going through cancer treatments, right? Because sometimes that get, that gets overlooked. Does food play a role when you're having cancer treatments? Well, today, We have a special guest. No, not only special. She's phenomenal. We're talking about Nicole Andrews. I'm bringing Nicole Andrews in from the Tri-Cities of Washington. Let's welcome Nicole Andrews to All Talk Oncology. Hey, Kenny. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, oh my goodness. You, You are a busy woman. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just out there having fun, helping people. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing thing, right? I mean, for me, it's that connection. Knowing that I'm, I'm making a difference in people's lives, mm-hmm. is it, it does something for my soul. And so to see how you have programs in place and you're doing things to help cancer patients to live their better lives, you know, what a, what a phenomenal job that you're doing out there. And want to highlight so much during this show. So let's get into it, you know? All right, let's do it. I'm excited. Yes. So Nicole, tell us a little bit about, you know, your background. Obviously it's a nutrition, but we're talking Mm -hmm. about oncology nutrition and and that's very specific, especially for my listeners that are always tuning in here. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this. Yeah. So um, I do specialize in oncology. I am a registered dietitian. Um, you know, I had to, I got my bachelor's food science, human nutrition, went through the dietetics program in order to be a registered dietitian here in the USA, you have to pass boards, do continuing education. Like we have to make sure to keep up to date. Um, so I'm always doing that, um, just because it's really important to share the up-to-date science, um, and the facts it's just, that's part of being a dietitian. And I love that part. Um, but I've actually worked in oncology my entire dietetics career, pretty much since day one, I was in a hospital, they put me in charge of the oncology floor. And I just realized pretty quick, this was the place I wanted to be because uh, those, those patients were just eager to learn what to do to feel better. And there was just too much fear mongering around nutrition, it just wasn't right, you know. Um, and just kind of like what you're saying, it was nice to be able to give them that power back to not be so afraid of food for them to see like, oh, wait a minute, all these things about sugar beating cancer and I have to buy organics and plant oils are bad. Like all these things are actually myths and I'm okay. Like what's in my you know refrigerator right now is okay. And to give them back that, you know, basically just help them feel more at ease about food so they can focus more on getting to their treatments, focus more on their family and other things is really the goal. So um worked in hospitals for several years and then I decided to open up my own private practice through social media. Um you can come and check me out and follow me over on Instagram, but um I just really, really love my own private practice because I'm able to customize things. I worked with cancer survivors for years and you know, it's just fun to create your own programs. 
um, just custom stuff for your audience. I love building out things. So it's definitely the place they want to be. So private practice in oncology is definitely um, the place they want to be. And I'm just so happy to help everyone. You know, Nicole, thank you for saying that, you know, because there's so much, there's so much more that's needed out here. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, I found working in the hospitals. Yes, I was able to service anyone who came through that door and administer radiation and treat them and, and, you know, so on and so forth. That was Mm -hmm. great. And I've done that for, I don't know, two decades now. But to be a cancer coach, right, and for you to be someone who has your own private practice, I find it that it's just much more enjoyable, right? The relationships, right? Do you feel that same way? A thousand percent. Oh, my gosh. Like the dreamiest clients, the the nicest, kindest, hardworking people that just are like, hey, I want to learn how to be my best self, Nicole. Will you help me? Uh, Yeah. The coolest people. They just are eager to learn, to engage a beautiful thing about, I don't know how it is in other, you know, other ex or other niches or things like that, but within cancer communities, like in my master classes, group programs, things like that, my Facebook groups, everyone is very supportive of each other. They really understand, you know, this is not an ideal place to be, to be diagnosed with cancer. And a lot of people outside of that aren't really going to always understand. So to be able to work and help a community of people who are also like there and supporting each other and understanding each other is just like another element that's really supportive and encouraging. So it's a pretty amazing, you know, community to be a part of to help them feel better, but then they're also helping each other feel better. It's just, it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. know, here, here's a question for you, you know, mm-hmm. because as you and I both know, people who, before being diagnosed with cancer, they're living their best lives, right? And whatever mm-hmm. that entailed. And mm-hmm. food, for the most part, people don't really pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you look at how many people are overweight in this country. So mm-hmm. food is not something that people focus on. But when you get mm-hmm. diagnosed, somehow that comes up so often because you're like, yes. well, that's something I can control. Yes. And I know that I've been eating this way. What is it that you tell? people who are newly diagnosed, how do you get them prepared for what's in store and how to eat? Okay. Yeah. That's a really important stage. In fact, um, you are spot on. So can you guess when they are diagnosed it, there's a lot of, a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts going on and food usually will come up. Unfortunately, a lot of people around them will also be bringing up food and they are not an expert or know anything about cancer, nutrition or oncology. And that's pretty frustrating, but it's harder on cancer survivors. And so all of a sudden, you know, they're diagnosed, gearing up for treatments that they've never been through before, usually, so they don't know what to expect. Now they're trying to navigate this nutrition. It's really, really overwhelming. So the number one thing I wish I could tell every single cancer survivor right after they're diagnosed is, hey, you don't have to be afraid of food, okay? You don't have to change absolutely everything. I promise you that we can make simple, small adjustments and that you will still enjoy your meals and you do not have to say goodbye to your favorite foods. Like, all the myths that are coming at you, just push them back and come here and I will help simplify things for you. I'm a simplified kind of girl. I don't want to do stuff that's too, you know, I will simplify things. And I wish I could give them all that relief right away before anybody comes in and says anything to them because they don't need the added stress. Nutrition really is a tool. And hey, even when you're at your worst of days and you don't feel your best and uh, maybe you have side effects from treatment that's kicking your butt or whatever, it's also okay. There can be a couple of days you don't eat so well. We can get it back a few days later. Like there's always 
I've never once been in a place with a client and we just didn't have options for food or we didn't have options on how they can get creative with what they eat to feel empowered and like they have control. There's always options and the fear mongering is pretty, it's just, it's, there's so much of it. So it clouds that confidence, but just, I want to say with confidence, you can use and enjoy food here now too, you know? Extremely important, right, Nicole? Yeah. You know, to know that you don't have to make this transformation right away. I mean, I understanding the fear and the anxiety that comes with me at having a cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. but I love the way you said, just to simplify it, let's just add a couple of things. And yep. that, that in itself is going to be powerful enough to help mm-hmm. you during, during mm-hmm. your cancer journey, right? Oh, absolutely. And one thing at a time. You know, because there are a lot of different things they can change. But just like with any goals we set in our life, we got to set a couple at a time. Even if we're really eager and we want to set like 50 or 100 week one, you know, that's going to lead to overwhelm, burnout, injury. So just a couple goals at a time, we build on them. And this is why I did my private practice so I can follow them throughout their entire journey. And each week we can create new goals. Um, you know, just like, for example, reducing risk of colon cancer, a big part of that is getting in more fiber. So right now I'm, I'm honestly just working with my client about how to build in more fiber. What is fiber? Which foods have more fiber? Once we get that locked in, we're going to move on to the next thing. So yeah, I think that a lot of cancer survive and it makes sense that they would want to learn everything and do everything right away, but they got to give themselves a little bit of a break that one thing at a time, let's build it. And honestly, not too, you know, maybe four to eight weeks in, they're going to have a completely different way of looking at nutrition and make changes that are going to benefit them. And that's not, it's not too far off. You know, I just want them to be gentler with themselves and take it a little slower. They're going to get there with good nutrition. Well said, Nicole. And I, yeah. I, hope, I hope the listeners heard that. She dropped some gems in that, right? She, she's talking about, she's going to teach you how to eat. That's, that's a difference of telling you what to eat. Teaching you how to eat is something that you're going to be able to utilize for the rest of your life. And you're talking about fiber and things like that. Nicole, ask this. Let me ask this question. Mm-hmm. How important is gut health? You know, because we hear that so much. Oh, you got leaky gut, gut health. And, and when you yeah. think about that, when it comes to cancer patients, you mentioned colon. How important is that? Yeah. So again, it's it's a lot more simple to support your gut, gut than so many people think. And same thing with like your liver, liver health, for example, the best things you can do and what the studies share is, you know, reduce body fat tissue, omega-3 foods, you know, exercise. It's pretty simple. We don't need to do all these supplements and crazy regimens and meal plans and things like that. So back to, you know, that's just one example of one organ, but back to gut health, what your gut really wants is fiber and pro and prebiotic foods in food form. So it's important to note that there are a lot of supplements out there, especially unfortunately for cancer survivors you don't want to take supplements unless your doctor recommends it. But as far as your gut health, you usually don't even need those pro and prebiotic supplements. You can get them from food form. It's really not that difficult. It's just a lot of people don't know what they are. They don't know that there's pre and probiotic foods, you know? And then when it comes to fiber, um, you know, there's different types of fiber. There's insoluble and soluble. Really, all you have to do is just have a variety of fruits and veggies and you'll get both. But that's really all your gut needs. And then, you know, so it's not all these crazy supplements. Your gut is not broken. You can have had a resection. You can have you you can have changed your gut. It's okay. You could have part, part of your stomach removed. You can still support your gut, even if it's been changed after cancer, with just those three things, pro, prebiotic, and fiber foods. And 
Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. I can't really remember, but it really just comes back to those food choices and we just want to simplify it. It's not as complicated. And I kind of get it too. It's like, maybe not as sexy. Like that's it, Nicole, more strawberries. You're not going to give me something better. You know, I did already did more strawberries. Now what? Well, I guess you're, you know, and it really is true. You can get to a place where you can kind of be a little bit done with being like, Hey, I made it. I do eat really well. I do know how to support my gut health. I'm good to go. Nicole said I'm good. So we're going to move on now and, and focus on other things besides eating perfectly. Cause we already made it. And, um, cause I know there's this, you want to control and make sure you're doing all things to reduce cancer risk, but you can get good at nutrition and learn to check off all the boxes and be like, well, I, you know, I built a cancer prevention lifestyle and now I'm just going to really enjoy living my life. You know, you can get to that place because it's a lot more simpler because they're always coming out with the next supplement, the next detox, the next diet, the next book. And I got to say, you just, you don't need them, you know? Right. Right, Nicole, mm-hmm. it's always the next best thing, right? I know, but it's, <laughs> you just got to be planning like your next best vacation or your next best day off or something else. Not There's no next best nutrition thing. It's, it's yeah, it's not as crazy as they make it out to be, you know? Yes. Nicole, thank you so much for shedding, shedding light on that. I mean, yeah. it's extremely important. You know, you guys, I hope Nicole's dropping gems. I, I, I really appreciate it because for me, I, Nicole, I'm in the, I'm in the fitness industry as well. And I understand the power of nutrition. And sometimes when you're preparing for a show and I hate to, I hate to compare cancer and a fitness show. I mean, those are completely different things, but I just want to, I want to glean something out of it. And so what I want to say is that when you're preparing for a show, you want to be, you have specific foods that you're eating and you need to stay on this regimen for X amount of times because it the end result is going to be this. Mm-hmm. But sometimes being human, and here's the point, you don't always follow the diet completely. You don't always stay um, 100% uh, accurate on that, right? You may cheat, you know, oh my goodness, I, I had a hamburger, I had fries. And so I hope you heard Nicole and saying these things. It's okay to kind of veer off and 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 have those things, but as long as you're you know how to eat healthy, that's the fact. That's the key. Mm-hmm, that balance, yeah. you know, not right. Like you can have the sugar, or the the fries, or the burger, but just let's not lose sight of the physical activity. You know, mostly plant foods. You don't have to go vegan, but like if you can take a look at how many actual servings of fruits and veg you have a day. Like I'll have some people say, "Hey, Nicole, I had nothing." I I don't have fruits and veggies, you know, or I have one just making that difference of being really um, mindful, kind of like what you're just saying, Kenny, like making sure we're getting fruits and veggies. We love never food, like healthy doesn't have to taste bad. That's a myth too. Like, you know, pick that out. And then in addition to that, you can still have those other foods. It's just, you know, a lot more movement, a lot more plant foods, you know, less alcohol, less supplements, you know, to really help reduce cancer risk just get into the flow of that, get, get that to be a routine. Um, yeah, I, I really agree. Kenny. I love it. Mm-hmm. So, so, so here, here's a, here's another thing like you, you and I, obviously you being the dietitian of dealing with this, but me, I've seen so many people come in Nicole with head and neck cancer. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening as you, as you radiate that area, or as you had surgery in that area, swallowing or, um, being able to take in foods um, via mouth, right, may be difficult. What do you do for clients that are 
are suffering or are struggling in that area? Yeah. So there's a couple different things. I mean, it's definitely a team effort to prescribe the best route. Um, some of them will have um, the two feeds, which I definitely think that there's a stigma around that. I, I really just see it as a, you know, something just supports you during a time that you may not be able to eat very well. As long as you don't get an infection at the tube site, I mean, it's just a, a, something extra to get nutrition so you can be strong. Think of it like, like, um, you know, like for us as clinicians, we do see that more. And as the patients, they don't. So them feeling the stigma or fearful around that, I understand that. But from our point of view, if we're giving you extra nutrition to support, you know, whatever you can eat by mouth, so you can just be strong overall, you know, I know you're going to heal and you're going to be okay. You'll remove the two feet. It'll be gone, you know, um, sort of like IV hydration. A lot of my clients will go in for IV hydration, um, you know, and I just think that that's something to support them for head and neck again, and not all head and neck will get two feeds. Everyone's a little bit different. But definitely with head and neck, it's really focusing on those high calorie, high protein foods that are easy, soft to swallow, um, you know, taking into consideration what's irritating, agitating their mouth, you know, citrus may not be a good choice. Um, dental, dental health, that's so important to make sure that you have clean, good mouth as good as you can, that's going to help with that. Um, and then just definitely talking with your doctor about if you need support from to feeding or thing like that. Um. I just, I want, I hope that like there's, I just know that there's been a stigma around the two feet. And if it's what your doctor recommends, like just know that this is something temporary. There's nothing wrong with this. This is a good tool. We can use this and then we can take it out later. Um, and just being strong to get through all these treatments to get cured is our most important thing right now. Um, there's my son. Um, <laughs> he came in to say hi, but, um, yeah. And just being really proactive. So with head and neck, because exactly like you say, you're getting radiation. So there's going to be skin breakdown or irritation, being proactive about eating well, exercising as you go into radiation, knowing those side effects won't come on right away, but eventually they will come on. So if we can be proactive, um, certain foods like vitamin C, zinc for wound healing, because of skin breakdown is going to be really important. So definitely working with the dietitian. Um, so those are a few different things. This kind of right off the bat that I would kind of think about to support them. Look at that. Again, dropping the gems. I hope you guys are taking notes here because she's, she's giving it away. She's giving yeah, it away. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Thank you. I want to help them. Yeah. Yes. You know, you know, Nicole, I tell you, as you go through this whole process, right? What, what is that for those that are following or take mm -hmm. serious their, their dietary nutrition? What can they expect during treatment? During, like what they can expect, like for nutrition to support them during treatments. Mm -hmm. So um, if they are pro, so number one thing, be proactive about nutrition before you go into treatments, your side effects will not be as severe. I have literally had clients come to me. They're like, Nicole, I get my treatment. I'm in bed for seven days. I can't do anything. I'm missing out on my family. We start looking at protein. We start looking at hydration. We start looking at exercise. They start to implement it they get all the days back. So, but Nicole, I go to my infusion and the same, they put a Band-Aid on where we had my infusion. I go off and I hang out with my family the rest of the day. And that's just based on changing nutrition. So um, you don't have to wait until you feel really weak or your appetite is low, really being proactive, good nutrition before treatments even start or as they start. Now, this can be challenging if you don't have a dietitian at a cancer center reach out to me, please. So I can support you. But if there is a dietitian there, you know, getting information from them, but just making sure to 
prioritize protein and prioritize movement and prioritize hydration. Those three things are going to be so helpful. I think a common side effect, I mean, for so many, I don't know if you know the statistics, Kenny, I want to say 80% experience fatigue, cancer-related fatigue. And so the best thing to combat that is exercise and movement. And you wouldn't normally think that. You're like, I'm tired, I'm going to nap. But really what the studies are showing, it's best not to nap during cancer treatment. You really want to save time to sleep at night. If you do nap, let's keep it short. But honestly, if you're feeling fatigued, if I was your dietitian, I'd be like, let's go for a walk. Let's let's get out and go for a walk. So the protein and the movement, hydration, and being proactive are the best things. Um, I don't want you to feel scared of food. Like you can use that as a tool. Uh, during treatment, there's going to be a lot of people telling you some wonky, weird things to do, like eating apricot seeds, and you better throw out all the things in your cupboard. Like you don't actually have to do that. Um, no food is going to interrupt your treatment. I mean, supplements, your doctor should be telling you to not take those during treatment unless they prescribe it. That's really the only thing that's going to interrupt your treatment. The foods that you can eat and tolerate, just go for that and don't have guilt around that. And yeah, just emphasize that protein and, and get moving. You got to keep, keep moving. Keep moving. Yes. Yeah. yeah keep, listen to that. Keep moving. That that's not probably preached enough. I had, I had someone just the other day, she was like, Kenny, I am so tired and fatigue. As you talked about 80%, at least, at least. Yeah. And so tired. And all she did was sleep, sleep, sleep. And it really didn't solve the issue. And so when you're dropping gems like this about being able to be proactive, go for walks, get those endorphins going, mm-hmm. let your body listen to your body and and talk talk back to your body by giving it what it needs. Mm-hmm. And that that Nicole, I love I love what you're saying on that. So thank you yeah. for doing that for us. Yeah, yeah. I hope that yeah, and yeah. If you're sleeping all the time, let's try to move a little bit more and sleep more mostly at nighttime if we can. You know, be up during the day, eat, go out. Um, you know. Yeah, it's the cancer related fatigue is really intense, but it usually does improve with more movement. Yeah. 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 You know, if you listen to the, what nutrition is about, or when it comes to oncology nutrition, how do you get going? Because sometimes, uh, and I'm speaking to my listeners at this point, sometimes you may not have had the, I don't know, discipline in order to mm-hmm. make sure you're getting all of these different types of nutrients in. And, but okay. now, now, now that you have that, now that you have this situation and you're on this cancer journey, you got to have the right mindset. Yeah. And, and it's important to have the right mindset because fear and anxiety can be overwhelming. And I know that. And that's the reason why I created a program. It's called, it starts with your mind. It starts with your mind because you got to yeah. have the right mindset in order to get through a lot of these things that are coming your way, but with the right mindset, you were going to, you're going to tackle and conquer that, that nutritional supplement that you need the right food. You're going to get that. You're going to introduce them as she talked about, Nicole says mm-hmm. you do them simply, right? You just mm-hmm. simplify it. If you do one at a time, yeah, one at a time, if you have the right mindset then you can do that. And so if you're looking for something like that, make sure you go to my website, uh, yourcancerguide.com. We're talking about it starts with your mind. And so, Nicole, as we go into this, we say, you know, for those patients that have a have problems when it comes to tasting their food because of the chemo, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now they have this metallic taste in your mouth, mm. right? And it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to eat because nothing tastes good. 
Mm-hmm. What do you suggest? What do you tell your clients? Yeah, it's tricky. Everyone's a little bit different, but when there's that metallic taste, certain foods are going to have more of it. So a lot of times it's going to be like the protein choices or maybe like red meats in particular. So you may have to just change up some of the foods that you normally eat, not using actual like metal utensils, using like plastic or like chopsticks or something like that to actually be eating your food. A couple different tricks that you can use like uh, before mealtimes, like uh, some people, I have one client do like a scoop of sorbet ice cream, but you can do like, um, like suck on a lemon or like mince before you have your meal. Lemon might be better. Cause it's more like meal, meal, you know, flavor. Um, and then also just try more foods, just see if maybe there's other foods that are going to taste good during this time. Um, oh, and then a couple other things you can do, like make things really sweet or really uh, spicy that might help to mask over that metallic taste. And yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Just keep trying different foods. It will return. Your normal taste will return. And then also just finally, maybe some of your favorite foods, put them on hold when you have really strong taste changes because you may create an aversion to those. You know, that's just one thing. But um, just try different things. And and whatever you're trying is not weird. Okay, that's one thing. My clients are like, oh my God, I figured out this great thing to eat, but it's so weird. It's not weird. Like if you need to like, have sorbet before you have your dinner. Cause that's how it improves your taste buds. Like just do it. It's cool. Like that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. There's no, there's no set way. Right. Nicole. No, no, not really. No. Love it. Yeah. Now I, I want to let you guys all know, Nicole, Nicole is phenomenal. She's, she's humble, but Nicole, you have a, you have a program out, right? You have mm-hmm. a program that people can join and subscribe to talk to us a little about a bit about that. Oh yeah, I would love to. Okay, so I have a brand new, it's a membership. It's called Cancer Simplified. So it's really all about the title. Um, It's a membership where you can join either a monthly subscription, so it's flexible, or an annual one where you can save some money, be in there longer. And there's new trainings, detailed trainings that are bite-sized and simplified. Because like, I, we keep it simple, you know, so you can actually apply things right away. Um, that are dropped inside this membership each month. And they are, there's hundreds of topics in there all about those main questions. You know, the organics, the how to build a cancer prevention plate. A lot of the topics we talked about today are talked about in there. You can ask me your quick questions. There's menus. There's, you know, you're able to upgrade into a community if you want. So it's called Cancer Simplified. Come on over to Instagram, DM me, we'll get you inside. But that's really the best place to start. And for you to just have one place to look for nutrition information. Um, you know, spending hours online trying to decipher through research and articles and different opinions is really overwhelming. And so the idea behind the membership is, you know, you're no longer searching everywhere for nutrition information. I just give it to you all in one place. So it's called Cancer Simplified. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, when you're when you're overwhelmed and, and you are going through something, you need things that are just simple, things that mm-hmm. you can't remember. Right. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. What a yep. great, what a great course, Nicole. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, yeah, thank Kenny. you. Thank you. And you too with yours. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So many good things here. <laughs> you know, this is what we're doing. You know, our goal, our goal, right, Nicole, our goal is to make sure that we give you all of the right tools that can get you through this cancer journey. Mm-hmm. And we want to see you successful. Sometimes the misconceptions of diet, the misconceptions of what cancer is or what it's going to do creeps in right but we're mm-hmm. going to help you to appreciate some of those things are just false and we can get you to the right place with some of these programs that we have 
Uh, yes. And in fact, when like one thing I like to share is there's a lot of these pictures online about cancer survivors. It's the doom and gloom vibe with these pictures. No, let's, we're going to do this. It's a different vibe that I really want to, you know, put out there that you can be out with your family, going to the pool, eating meals. We're not trying to forget or dismiss that you have cancer or that it's difficult, but it doesn't always have to be, I don't know, like, Kenny, I feel like some pictures are out there like that. It just doesn't look very, it looks scary. And it's like, actually with these tools and resources, you can feel more like yourself and be strong for treatments and get support through this. So you can feel more like yourself. Absolutely. 100%. And you know, those pictures, yes. You know, if you're losing your hair because of chemo, okay, we understand that. But that doesn't mean that you can't go out and enjoy your family. That doesn't mean yeah. that there's a way to get through that. There's so many different, there's so many different options now, you know. So I love what you brought out, Nicole. Yeah. It's not about the doom and gloom. There's so many other factors that you don't have to go and be in this over this dark cloud because it's yes. not necessarily that. Yes, you have options. And yeah. And I think a lot of times cancer survivors just don't know. A lot of people don't even, they're like, there's a cancer dietitian. I didn't even, you know, so now that they know about these resources and can get access to them, they can feel better and take back control. Cause yeah, like you said, Kenny, nutrition, it makes, it's powerful. It makes a huge impact. It's so much studies around it. It's, it's awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the conclusion of this. You know, we, we talked about what happens when you first get diagnosed. We talked about when you're in it, you're losing your taste buds or things that misconceptions that come in. What does Nicole have for those that are going through or have come out of the cancer journey, right? Because now you finished your treatments and now mm -hmm, you're all mm -hmm. done. Is there something that I should be doing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's actually, you know what? Um, a lot of cancer survivors will tell me the hardest part is when it ends, because what ends up happening is you feel like you're doing, well, you are, you're doing a lot of things during treatment, you're attending treatments, you're attending all your appointments, you're doing the things. And then those, those appointments stop your team graduates you in a way they let you off into the world. A lot of my cancer survivors are like, want to ask their doctor, like, are you sure are you sure I'm able to go off in the world alone? Um, and they are, except for they don't have a strong, clear guide on, first off, how to emotionally just process what they went through. A lot of times during cancer treatment, the cancer survivors are truly, literally emotionally and physically surviving. So once treatments are in, now all of a sudden they're able to process things, but there's no one there. Or like their family will say like, oh, hey, you're all done. And, and they're like, okay, excuse me, what? I, I got to figure out what just, you know, what I went through. So one way to really, that I encourage you, and this is what I help a lot of my clients with, is once you, you finish treatment, you build a lifestyle that works for you um, to reduce risk of recurrence for your specific cancer, to find support groups and people who do understand you. You could talk about you know how you feel about your cancer, what you went through as long as you want. Um, but I think that really understanding what's the information that's out there, like what I put out in my programs about cancer prevention, nutrition, so you know, okay, I have the checklist down of all the things I can do to reduce risk of recurrence as I build out my life from here. You know, am I moving enough? Can I take out alcohol? How about plant foods? So there's a lot of options, but unfortunately, to be honest, it's not really set up in a way that people can understand. Like there's no like, hi, you're graduating here and now go off with this packet of cancer prevention. They really need to, you know, be a part of a group program or really, you know, get into the membership to start to learn so they can transition. Because um there are things you can do to reduce risk of recurrence. And 
a little tiny note, which is really important to note. So World Cancer Research Fund, they have the uh, continuous update project um, of what you can do to reduce cancer risk. Well, what's so great is that's not just to reduce risk of like first time people like like adults that have never had cancer. The re- those recommendations are for people to reduce risk of recurrence too. So all the information out there that shows, hey, this is how we reduce risk. It also reduces risk of recurrence. And that's nice because if you've had cancer, you don't want to get it again. You want to reduce risk of recurrence and that information would apply. So I would just get into a program with a dietitian you trust, you know, that can help you to build a new lifestyle that fits good to reduce risk of recurrence. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Nicole, you're dropping gems and you're not, (laughs) you're not afraid to do it. Listen, I hope you guys are taking, taking notes because this, these are priceless. And if you're going through this, or if you're a loved one listening to this, you know, you can help implement these gems. And that's the key. You want to help implement, you want to do your part. And all of us are trying to do our part in order for our loved ones or that cancer patient or the caregiver can be effective in helping on this cancer journey. Yeah. Nicole, it's been awesome to have you on our show. It's been amazing. You've been just a phenomenal guest. Before we let you go though, is there something that you would like to let the cancer patients know, the listeners, the caregivers, the loved ones? Is there something that you would like to say before we let you go? Yeah, you know, just remember you're not a cancer statistic. You know, you're not your cancer diagnosis. You're more than that. And, um, it, you know, it's something that is traumatic. So you may have time to process through what happened to you. That's okay. Take your time. But just know that you're more than your cancer diagnosis. And you know, a lot of people say, okay, we'll go out and build your new normal, you know, and you don't even necessarily need to do that. Why don't you just go out and figure out now what you want to build for your life, how you want to take care of yourself. And if there's some changes in your life after a cancer diagnosis, um, that's also okay too. Just um, remember that, yeah, you're just definitely more than um, your cancer diagnosis. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Nicole Andrews, thank you so much for joining us here on All Talk Oncology. It's been a great honor and we Thanks, appreciate Kenny. you. You're the best. I appreciate you. Thank you, Kenny. Love being here. Yes. And as I say, every single episode, you're not alone in this. We're in this together. This is Kenny Perkins, AKA your cancer guy. Until again, I'm out. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.